0: actually. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things to pray about. We all have things to pray about for our own situations. So always keeping one another in prayer. Let's start off with prayer. Let's, let's bow our hearts. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for Bible study. I thank you, Lord, that you allow us through the technology to be able to reach out to everyone, to be able to still be somewhat in fellowship I pray for those that are gathered right now, that they're encouraging one another. Those that haven't been able to be, to gather, Lord, I pray that you would be with them. Remind them that they are not alone. Remind all of us that we're not alone through all of this uh, ups and downs and, and hopes and then, you know, letdowns. But Lord, I pray for my brother Joe. I pray for Lisa, too. I pray for everyone that's recovering from COVID. Um, Lord, I just pray that beyond COVID... Lord, that for everyone's needs, you know what they are. You know their hurts right now. You know what they're struggling with. You know the victories they're having. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in all situations. And I pray that tonight you'd have your way with our Bible study and just uh, encourage us and help us to know what we need and learn that would, that would grow our relationship with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before you open your Bibles, I want to talk about prayer. And, and as we talk about prayer, I want to... Right now, ask you to take a moment and as you're sitting there watching your phone, TV, whatever it is, as you're sitting there, I want you to take a moment and reflect on an average day. Think about one of your days and and of your life. And on any given day, when do we, when do you, when do I, if you're asking yourself, when do I pray? When do I read the scriptures? When do I worship? In other words, when do I spend time with God? When do I spend time with the Lord? Is it in the morning? Do you have a specific time? Is it in the afternoon? Is it in the evening? You know, we can get a pretty good idea who sets aside Sundays and Wednesdays when we're able to gather together because you see the same brothers and sisters here. You see who 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 values Sundays, who values uh, Wednesdays, time of prayer and worship and Fellowship, uh, you can see that. But you know, when you think of, of gathering and, and even praying, it can become repetitious in the sense of a routine that is it loses its dynamic, its personal relationship, if you will, and becomes sort of religious. And we want to avoid that by by, by all means avoid becoming religious in our relationship with Jesus Christ, turning a, re- a relationship into religion, and that's scary, you know. We have to make sure that, you know, we're genuine when we are seeking the Lord. You don't want to be like the young boy who was asked by his pastor. And the pastor says, son, do you pray every day? And the boy says, well, not every day. He says, some days I don't want anything. And when you think of that, it's like, well, that is that the the, the meat of our prayers because of what we want or we need as opposed to praying for people. So there's a big difference. Prayer is important. Prayer goes beyond yourself. It happens to be where you can intercede for people and so on. Um, but that's not my point. My point is, do we, are we taking a moment to realize how important prayer is? When do we do it? And I have something tonight that I want to leave you with as far as the importance of prayer and when and how and how it can really equip and prepare us for this life. Here's a few verses. If you're writing down any notes or what have you, you can. You can. They might be on the screen. I believe I created a PowerPoint, and uh, uh, the power went down in the building today. And I was going to broadcast from home in my living room, and I wasn't going to be able to take advantage of the, the PowerPoint. So I, I believe it, it'll be up on your screens. Um, here's a few verses. I want just to point out some things. Philippians four six. Philippians four six says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication." with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god anxious that word anxious is to be troubled with cares so when you're troubled with cares you have prayer to talk to god psalm 34:17 psalm 34:17 says the righteous cry and the lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles look at another verse 11 uh, luke 11:9 Luke 11.9 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. One last verse I want to share with you, if you're taking quick notes, is Matthew 26.41. Here it says, Keep watching and praying, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So as we look at the various areas of prayer, we see when we are anxious, when we're hurting and we cry out, or when we have needs and we ask the Lord and we seek him and we knock, or dealing with temptation and falling uh, into temptation, but when your flesh is weak or your spirit is willing and being filled with the spirit by way of prayer. Turn to this verse, if you will. If you have your Bibles, if not, I believe it will be on the screen. It is 1 Thessalonians. Five seventeen and eighteen, it says, "Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For th- for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." You know, in the New Living Translation, it says, "Never stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying." The word "ceasing" is a Greek word that I won't even try to pronounce right now. There, um, it's an interesting word, but it means to be without intermission. Incessantly, continually, a prayer, a person of prayer is what it means. You know, often you'll you'll hear people say, like, that doesn't mean that every moment you're don't bother me, I'm praying, I'm praying, and all day long you're you're mumbling or what have you, and you're praying throughout the day that way. Although it is, in the sense of you pray, someone asks you a question on the street, in the workplace, and Underneath, in, in your spirit, you're praying and asking the Lord, Lord, help me with this situation. Help me to answer correctly. But people of prayer, seeking the Lord first. Um, it just, uh, the dynamic in our lives is amazing when you are a person of prayer. So think of this. It's, it's communicating with the Lord. Think about communication. Think about how we love our spouse. I mean, if you want to, uh, if this, this helps, uh, think about how we love our spouse. You, those of you who have someone who you love, you always tell them that you love them. You spend time with them, you talk to them, and you listen to them. There's a communication. When you think of marriage, and marriages are having problems, it usually starts where there's a lack of communication, and they're, they're not on the same page, or they're not even on, getting on a page together, but there's a lack of communication. Communication is essential in relationships. It's essential with our relationship with the Lord. He knows everything, but we need to speak with him and talk with him and make our requests known and what have you. You know, if you look at Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7, but look at verse 6 first. It says this, and Jesus is talking about, he's dealing with the religious leaders and they're putting up a show and they're with all their many words and what have you, and he says, but you... As opposed to them, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So he's contrasting these people who are just making a show of their prayer. He's saying, make it real. It's personal. It's a relationship with God. Not for everybody, for to see or to put on an act. In verse 7 of Matthew 6, it says, And when you are praying, Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Now think about this when you're talking about, okay, I see, yeah, being meaningful, just talking to the Lord, being real. And when you look at, well, with my wife, let's say that I, be real. And not just, you know, many words and what have you. Imagine this. Imagine, you know, we come to church on Sunday. And I'm hanging out in the foyer, and I'm talking with all the guys, and we're talking about, hey, did you catch the game? Man, that's a terrible way to lose a game. Man, did you watch this and that? Okay, wow. And then someone says, hey, there's Carol. Carol just got here. I go, oh, hang on a minute, guys. i to say hi to my wife. And I walk over there knowing full well that my brothers are watching. I know the foyer is looking, and there I am approaching my wife. And then imagine me walking up to her and saying something like, Carol, my dearest darling, my heart passionately flutters with unceasing joy when I'm in the midst of your exquisite beauty. Now, imagine if I spoke like this with all these words, flattering words in the foyer, the guys would probably think like, uh, what are we watching? Who is that guy? Carol would probably look at me and say, uh, who are you? Because if I'm there just to put up a show and to, with many words and try to say, look at my relationship, that's what Jesus was talking about. It's not that way. I would greet my wife, maybe with a kiss, and just say, hi, I love you, and good morning, or whatever it might be, but it's a real relationship. Now, Carol might be at home saying, why doesn't he talk to me like that? I kind of like that. <laughs> maybe she will, and maybe I will, honey, when I get home. But listen, setting some time aside for the Lord, because prayer is important. Relationship with communication, is relationship with the Lord is important. So setting time aside for the Lord. Um, And whether that's mornings, whether that's evenings, or your lunch hour, or your drive to work, etc., you know, on the job, you know, in between coffee breaks, whatever it might be, or during your coffee break, as opposed to only in times of crisis. You know, our prayer life kind of increases for a lot of people when there's crisis. And maybe, and it should, but you should have a strong, solid, uh, uh, continuous, uh, consistent prayer life. And then, yeah, something out of the blue happens, but because you have a solid prayer life and relationship with the Lord, you're you're ready, you're equipped. And so when a crisis hits, yeah, there's going to probably be more prayer, throughout the day, maybe even some fasting or whatever might be going on, but you've already have a foundation of prayer. And that's, it's key in a relationship in dealing with it. So think of this prayer time. We know prayer is important. It's communication with the Lord, but when and how much and when, or however, whatever you might be thinking, think of this, the traditional bedtime prayer. You know, you go to bed. Uh, We, I remember putting Lauren and, and, and Jonathan to sleep. And then, um, we'd, um, I would read them the little uh, Bible stories, In fact, last night when I was reading them their Bible stories, no, I'm kidding. I don't read them the little children's Bible stories anymore. But when we would put them to bed, it was prayer time at night, bedtime prayer. And together we would pray and what have you. And that's traditional, and lots of people still do that even in their adult lives because it's been a long day. And at the end of the day, there's a lot to pray about. A lot has happened. It'd be kind of, I don't know, maybe irresponsible to go to bed after a full day of whatever has happened and not to pray. Because now we have a whole lot of things to pray about, as opposed to waiting to the morning. But I want to do this. I do want to talk about morning prayer. Now, you may have bedtime prayer, end of day, afternoon, whatever. But I do want to say this. Don't stop. If that's what you do, don't stop. But the addition of implementing prayer in the morning, because it is important, it's crucial, and there's incredible examples for us to follow. You see, we prep our days and we brush our teeth. Um, At least I hope you brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. You dress accordingly. You pack your tools, maybe for the job or the job site or whatever it is you're going to build that day or fix. You gas up your car. You might review your notes, your presentation that you have to uh, present to someone. Uh, You might have, you know, your few cups of coffee or, you know, your pot of coffee or whatever it might be. Um, But we do prep for our days. But now, spiritually speaking, you know, we do our best to get ready for our day. Gas, shower, brush your teeth, get ready for the job, whatever it is you're going to need. And we do that well for the natural. But what about spiritually, being spiritually prepared? How are we preparing for, uh, for the spiritual battle that we're about to deal with the minute you wake up? So when we think of this, like, yeah, you know what? I do a lot to get ready for my day ahead of me because I have busy days, my job requires X amount of this of me, very taxing, then that much more, your spiritual life needs to be prepared, so let's turn to a verse here, Psalm 90, 14, the importance of morning prayer, I want to get that across to you, if you don't do that already, and you probably do, but if you don't, here's a little something of how to do it, how it should be done, the different ways and the different reasons, Um, let's look at a few verses. Psalm, verse 90, verse, uh, um, chapter 90, verse 14. Psalms ninety fourteen. <coughs> it says, oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. So I want to look at this first because it gives us an understanding of, of the type of morning prayer, that, how morning prayer should be. And you'll see the benefits as you look at some of these verses, you say, wow, how have I been neglecting morning prayer? And maybe I'm preaching to the choir, and you all say, I always pray in the morning because I've learned the hard way, let's say. But there's so much more to just simply praying. There's different ways to pray, and there's different things to be prepared for, and perhaps it is the choir, but a reminder of the scriptures is never harmful. Satisfy us in the morning. Satisfy, that word there, the original word, sabah, it means to be fulfilled, to have in excess, to have have desire satisfied. Wow. To have your desire satisfied. In other words, have you ever heard the term be prayed up? To be prayed up, get ready because we're about to do something, get prayed up. In other words you can look at this word saba to have an abundance in other words to have enough of something you can't wake up and say lord take care of my day i got to get out of here running late here's my coffee i can't finish it but i got to get out the door as opposed to you know what that's not being prayed up i need more i'm not satisfied with that it should be where you've covered everything that you know that you you might deal with today and maybe the unknown as well but to be have enough of something. We have to have enough prayer every morning. In the morning, that word there care and it means the coming of sunrise, the coming of daylight. Now, there's our first uh, scripture reference of how early this prayer has, uh, not has to be, but how beneficial it is when it's this early at sunrise, the coming of sunrise. It says, in the last part here, it says, sing for joy. That we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Ra non, sing for joy. Ra non. And that means to cry out, to shout for joy, to cause or ring or sing out for joy. In other words, in the morning, our morning prayer, when we're praying, it might be a heavy day that you have ahead of you. You might have some certain specific things in prayer, but part of that prayer would be to the point where you want to sing for joy because he is good because he has your back, because you can trust him, because he's faithful, because he's been faithful in the past and you know who he is, you have a real relationship with him. And that you can cry out and say, you know what? Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. And you can just get out and and with a shout for joy in the morning, regardless of the trials you may be going through. Look at Psalm 5, verse 3. Psalm 5, verse 3, we can see something having to do with confidence in him when we need, well, when we're in need. Psalm 5, 3 says this. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. That's pretty powerful stuff right here. And we could probably just use this one and talk and expand that for the rest of the study. But we won't. But I will break down this verse. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. Hear. That word shama. Shama means to hear, to listen, to hear with, get this, attention or interest. God, the Lord is interested in you. He gives an ear to you. He, He pays attention to you. And he's interested in what you have to say. Therefore, speak to God. Talk to him. So he hears and order. Now this is interesting. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you. Now it's not like I will order, like you're giving an order in any way. It's order. The word is a rock, a rock. And it means to arrange, to set or put in order. In other words, Lord, I'm running late. I got to go. You know what I'm dealing with. Help me out today. It's more of Lord, today At five o'clock, I have to meet with this person. And we've butted heads before, but Lord, be with me. Help me. Give me words. Give me a, 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 a patience with this person or whatever it might be. But putting things in order, because when you put things in order, when it comes to prayer, when you put your order before the Lord, it helps you to examine your own heart as to what you might need. And your prayer might be answered right there in your own words and when you're requesting something from the Lord. So, and it says to watch. To you and eagerly watch. Sa-fa. Sa-fa. means to keep watch, observe, watch closely. So we see here in this one verse of trusting the Lord that he's going to hear. So we, can, we know he's going to hear us. We know that he, 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 gives, he has interest in what I'm going to say. So I orderly pray. And I'm going to watch closely and see what the Lord's going to do. Because the Lord is going to do something. The Lord's going to do something, maybe not right there where you can see it, maybe not that quick, but he's going to do something and he might even be beginning in your own heart before something takes place. So trusting in the Lord, we see confidence in here. Now back up in Psalm uh, verse 5, look at one verse 1 and 2. And you know, I, I can't emphasize enough that the creator of the universe listens with interest to your prayers. Think about that when you're feeling lonely and you feel like nothing's changing The creator of the universe listens attentively and he's interested in in you. So Psalm uh, 5, verse 1 and 2, we back up. It says, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my king and my God, for to you I pray. So you see, confident that he hears us while we sit back and wait on the Lord. We're placing our day, you're placing your day over to the Lord. And in this, I begin to see a need here. I see someone who has need. Someone who is, um, let's say, in distress. Someone who is like, you know, I'm surrounded by my enemies. I, I just can't get ahead. I can't please that person. This isn't working out. My relationships are falling apart. Or there's people planning things against me unfairly. And Lord, I need help. And so we can be confident that He's going to listen when you need help. You might feel like nothing's changing, but He's listening with an interest. And look at and so then we have, uh, my King, my God, for to you I pray. And then we have verse three in the morning. O Lord, you will hear my voice in the morning. I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. Praying, prayed up. Now I'm just going to watch and let the Lord. Cast it, I mean, um, cast my cares unto the Lord. In verse 4, look at Psalm 5, verse 4 and 6. For you are not, this is where it gets really cool. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do iniquity. You destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. You see, there's times you might wake up because things are going on in your life and you're overwhelmed. And it's time that in the morning, how important it is, because if you don't if you don't do, turn it over to the Lord in the morning, that issue, whenever it comes up, even in your heart, your memory, or when you deal with someone who is being deceitful, Falsehoods against you, someone that's your enemy, if you will. Um, <clears throat> you, we need to place that situation in the Lord's hands. We need to place sometimes that specific person in the Lord's hands, because we can't fix it, we can't change it, and and perhaps we're done and saying, Lord, I I I'm at your mercy. And so, if I'm dealing with someone that think about that, have you ever been? Let's say, betrayed by someone you love, someone who shouldn't be of all people that would betray you, let's say your spouse, like, "Oh by of all people, my spouse is let me down, betrayed me, is against me, Or imagine a sibling of all people, my brothers, my sisters should have my back as well as mine, uh, theirs, their back. But then when they turn and someone betrays you, you look and you, you could be at your wits' end. And you get to a place where I need to turn this over to the Lord. I need to place this entire situation in God's hands. And I need to turn over this person into the Lord because I can't deal with it. And if I do, I could probably blow it. And that, no better place than to do that in the morning first thing. Because that way you're equipped. You're ready. And you've done it right. And you have that person in your mind in the right way. Not in an angry way of sin, but maybe angry, but not in sin, but in a way that you're saying, Lord, deal with that person. So look now, because of that, you want to be able to say, Lord, you got to handle this person. you got to handle this situation. I can't. And then on the other side of that, look at verse 7. It says, but as for me, by your abundant loving kindness, I will enter your house at your holy temple. I will bow in reverence for you. In other words, I'm going to be right before you, God. That person has done me wrong. I can't fix this situation, and it is destroying me. I am nearly to the point of having wrong thoughts, so I turn it over to the Lord. And how important it is to do it first thing in the morning so you're ready when you think about it, or you have to deal with that person or that system or whatever it is, But the thing is, in verse 7, is, you know what, though? I'm going to be right with God. But as for me, the Lord hates and abhors and will deal with those people that are deceitful and falsehoods. And I'm not going to get mixed with that, Lord. You deal with it. But as for me, I'm going to be committed to the Lord and be right with God. You see, you might have things going on in your life right now. And you are waking up in the morning to ongoing trials, ongoing drama, things that just won't end things that just continue to get worse perhaps, you may very well have a good night's sleep. And I mean where you're out and you, that, that deep kind of sleep. And, and, and you wake up in the morning, even before your alarm, you ever have those mornings? Man, I love when those happen because the morning is just a terrible reminder that you have to wake up. But when the morning and you wake up and you're, wow, wow, I'm two minutes early and, and I feel good. I feel rested. And then only to wake up with that memory of, oh, that's right. I'm still dealing with this. And then your heart goes. And then your thought goes. And then you're thinking already, oh, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to handle it? I got to get my coffee. I got to get ready. Work is, is a mess. Or that personal situation, relationship is a mess. Only to wake up to these things. We need, because of those types of things, be ready in the morning. You might be getting a good night's sleep, but I'll tell you, if you've ever been there, I've been there. I've been there where you do actually sleep and you forget all about your worries. You might even have some cool dreams. And then you wake up, maybe even in the middle of the night, that's the worst thing because then it's hard to get back to sleep. And you wake up and then, boom, your heart just sinks. And it's almost as if you're hurting all over again. You can't get to bed. Your heart's beating. Your mind's going. You're thinking about it. If it's that early... Turn it over to the Lord, but always turn it over to the Lord. It's so important to be ready, to be able to deal or to be able to respond to trials properly, and we will be ready if we start in the morning with prayer. Look at Psalm uh, 143, verse 8. Psalm 143, verse 8. It says in verse 8, Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust you. I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk. For to you I lift up my soul. Lord, teach me. Show me. This is going to be a rough day. This is a rough situation I'm dealing with. Again, it's not going away. First thing in the morning, deal with it. Turn it over to the Lord. Ask for the Lord to teach you to show me the way in which I should walk. In other words, guide me, Lord, through this. Look at uh, verse 9 through 11. Psalm 143, verse 9. Through 11. It says, Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in you. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me in your righteousness. Bring my soul out of trouble. Lord, help me. Guide my behavior. Because if I'm not ready and I walk into the office, where I get a phone call in the middle of the day and I didn't set my heart right with the Lord about that person, that job situation, uh, whatever it is, I didn't set it right in the morning, it's going to hit me and catch me off guard. Guaranteed. It's going to catch you off guard if your heart isn't prayed up in the morning. So this, we see asking the Lord to teach us, to show me what I need to learn. Grow me through my trials, Lord. When I wake up, think about when you wake up and you start praying and saying, "Lord, here we go." Maybe you don't know what you're going to deal with, but you're saying, "Lord, prepare my heart to be loving, to be patient, to not uh, sin out of anger, uh, and teach me something." Lord, grow me, teach me. I mean, we are we are um, disciples. We are learners, and He is the great teacher, and we want to be taught. I mean, you go to school, you try to get your degrees, and and you pass tests and whatever because you want to learn. You have a goal. Our goal is to be like Jesus Christ. Our goal is to know how to love like him and to be forgiving like him. And if we don't say, you know what, test me, teach me, I want to grow, then you probably won't. But waking up and saying, Lord, I'm ready. Teach me today. Teach me something. Grow me today. And then it's saying, lead me. And when you say, Lord, lead me today... In other words, show me what you want me to do, not what I want to do. And that we're talking about obedience already, first thing in the morning. Obedience and a quick surrender in the morning, saying, Lord, I'm, I'm a follower of you. Show me what I need to do today, how to do it, and I'll follow. I'll be obedient. And your heart is prepped for the day. Morning prayer. Setting a morning time prayer before you get started. Starting your day with prayer. Um, Now look at another verse, Psalm 57, verse 7 and 8. Looking at some joy, some genuine joy, we already talked about in the morning we want to sing for joy because you just, he makes your heart glad. He's done so much for us. He's saved our souls. He's died for our sins. And we should be excited about that. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the basics of what, I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not going to hell because I'm surrendering to the king. I am going to follow him and serve him. And that brings joy to our lives. It should. And so here, uh, Psalm 57, verse uh, 7 and 8. Beginning our day with excitement for the Lord instead of being weighed down by the trials. Verse 7. My heart is steadfast, O oh God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises. Awake, my glory. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. You see, what we're looking at here is not someone waking up and saying, "Hey, Lord, I'm going to praise you today," and oh, you know, um, and uh, and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to shout for you today. What we're seeing here is you know what. I'm going to sing for you. Yes, I will sing praises to you. There's an excitement here, and it's genuine. It's not half-hearted. It's excitement to the point of actually singing in the morning. Now, I really don't think Carol wants to hear me singing in the morning, afternoon, evening, because, well, if you've ever heard me sing, you'd know what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about being so excited that you actually do literally sing to the Lord in the morning. How wonderful it'll set your day to start your day off that way. Literally, it means that I will awaken the dawn. It literally means I will wake up the morning. In other words, watch out, little birdies. I'm going to be up before you and I'm going to be singing to my Lord. So what we're talking about here is a genuine excitement of singing to God in the morning and waking up the morning. I don't mean like singing under your breath and really quiet. I mean singing and saying glory to God. Praise the Lord this morning and singing whatever it is that the Lord has on your heart. You see, well now, I mean, that might sound great at all and I have a little confession here, if if I will, is in the morning, the last thing I want to do is sing. I... Often don't even want to talk in the morning. It's it, mornings are terrible. But you know what? When God, have you ever have you ever woke up and just the Lord's on your heart? A lot of times it's because of a prayer. I mean, a, a, a dream that the Lord has had, and you wake up excited because you've already had the dream of whatever it is. Sometimes I'm putting studies together and I'm seeing verses in my dreams, and it's not even the verses that uh, uh, that are in my study. And sometimes um, I even try to remember. I know this is a dream. What is that verse? I'm trying to remember the verse. I'm trying to remember the verse. When I wake up, maybe the Lord's trying to speak to me. And I never remember the verse. But I'm excited about God at that point. I mean, even before my coffee. (laughs) Now, we're talking about waking up excited for God. And yeah, I'm not a morning person. But you know what? When you talk about God, who doesn't get excited? You know, well, the Christian should be excited because we know him. We know who we're talking about. We know what he's done for us. So now let's go here and talk about the best example we have of this morning prayer. The best examples that we could find in scripture, or one specifically that I'm going to look at, and it is, of course, Jesus himself. When we look in the New Testament, you look in the Gospels, and you look at the life of Christ and, you know, the life of Christ— while well, just watching and following and learning the life of Christ, how he responded to people, how he responded to situations, how he reached out to people, and how we look at our lives and say, am I this way? Do I live like a Christian? Am I a follower of Christ? Am I a Christian like him? We go through the, the, new, the gospel and we will see, we'll get a glimpse of Jesus' prayer life. We see an example that he set. An example I want to follow. An example that I actually, to be honest with you, can't follow. Because when I describe it, you'll understand why. But it's the, that principle that however you can, morning prayer is crucial. Morning prayer is an example the Lord left us. It's all in the, in the scriptures. And when you do it, and when you do it regularly, it makes all the difference in your day, and your life, ultimately. Let's, we're going to turn over to Mark, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and when we're looking at Mark chapter 1, um, some, several things have taken place. By the time we get to our verse, which is in verse uh, 35, <coughs> Jesus has been teaching in the synagogue. If you look at early on in the verse, he's cast out a demon. He's, uh, everyone has become amazed with, whoa, what's going on? Who, how does he do this? And the word is spreading. So there's a lot going on in this chapter before we get to our verse teaching in a synagogue, casting out a demon. Um, People are getting amazed and they're passing the word and word is spreading. And Jesus is at Peter's house. And at Peter's house, his mother-in-law is ill. She comes down sick and Jesus heals her. And now people are bringing the sick and the demon-possessed to Jesus. And they are flooding. The, The whole city is at the door of Peter's house because of Jesus. Word has spread and people want to see him. They want to be healed. They want to be around him. And so this situation that we see drawn out in chapter 1 leads to a late night. And then we see in verse 35, an early morning. So now let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. (coughs) And rising very early in the morning... While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. There is our example, the best teacher ever on this earth, the best teacher that you can ever have, and here he is teaching us something. It's taught me something, and something that I need to continue to learn and be, be committed to because of the way it pans out, and as, as you'll see. Very early in the morning. And early is, I guess, it's all relative depending on who you are. What is early to you? Is early, um, you know, uh, well, I wake up at 8 in the morning. Some people would say, like, dude, I've been up like four hours already at 8 in the morning. So it's all relative. But it's interesting here. And you know what's interesting? It says he went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Which I'll mention. Okay, so early morning. And remember, it's still dark. This early morning, the word there, the Greek word is proi, proi, and it means the fourth watch. And the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Some of us go to bed at 3 a.m., depending on how that day was or what you're doing. 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and it says specifically, they went to a desolate place and he prayed and the tense of that verb of him praying, when he prayed, it gives us the understanding of Jesus this way, that he was praying through the early morning hours. He was praying through the early morning hours. Did he start at five, uh, four, or three? He started, and whatever, whenever he started, he was praying through those early morning the hours. So here we talk, we're looking at the best example, Jesus Christ getting up so early. He was up late that night. He had a lot of ministry going on that day. Day ends, new day starts, and he's up early. You know, there's something special about waking up early. I, righteously, envy those who rise early. My older siblings rise early. They're up and early. Before the, they're up before the sun, I believe. Um, I believe uh, Peggy Williams is another one who is nice and early, and a riser. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm in a godly way jealous for that because it, there is an advantage of getting up early. There's something special about it. You get a head start. It's a longer day. You avoid being late for things. You're already ahead of things. Some people will tell you in the afternoon or at 9 o'clock and say something, hey, did you hear the news, man? I'm like, That's old news. I heard that at 6 in the morning because it happened in the East Coast or whatever the case may be. There's advantages. But it's not always easy. But think about this personally right now, all of you, everybody listening, everybody watching. Think about this. When is it easy to wake up early? Think about it. Hmm. Think about it right now. When do I find it easy to wake up early? Maybe when you go golfing. Maybe when you go fishing. Maybe for a delicious breakfast. You'll wake up early. No problem. Maybe vacation. You know, I remember Lauren, my daughter, sent me a meme, or Jonathan and Lauren were laughing about it. They go, that's totally dad. We go on a vacation or something, and dad is always up early, all up and early, ready to go. And they laughed about it because I'm not normally that person, but I am when we're on vacation. But it's easy to get up for things that we enjoy easy to get up for pleasures but it is a pleasure to speak to the king of kings to talk with the lord to communicate with him to fellowship with him to pray in the mornings he is worth waking up early in the morning now i want you to look at more at this verse of 135 in mark remember jesus was um, dealing with all these all these situations healing delivering he was teaching and yet it said that he needed to pray He prayed. If he needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Jesus was already ministering, uh, delivering people, healing people, but he still needed to pray. How much more do we need to pray? And we might be praying with people. We might be meeting with people, counseling people, encouraging a brother, you know, helping out the poor, whatever it might be, but we still need to pray. Jesus prayed. We need to pray. And maybe more the reason he needed to pray because of how much ministry he was doing. With the increase of, of ministry, yeah, the increase of prayer should take place because of the lives that you're, you're responsible for, for the different situations that you're responsible for. But listen, let's look at this. Now, Jesus. it says here that he departed. It says that he departed And departed means here, this word means to get away or to go away. To make a distinct effort. You know what? Not just to sit up in bed. It says here that he basically left the house. He got up and he was out and found a desolate place. Question is, where do you go? What do we do? And it might be sitting up in bed. It might be because you're so early, no one's awake anyway, and you're not disturbed. But he made an effort. He departed. He departed. You know, myself, places where I find time to pray and, I, you know, alone is maybe in my garage. That's one. Another one is on my treadmill, which I haven't been able to do recently, but I'll post all my notes usually on the wall, get on the treadmill, and just really walk and, and what have you, but look go over my notes and pray, and Lord, how about this? Maybe I shouldn't have that in there, this and that. And it's a great time of prayer for me. One of the best places I have praying is cutting my lawn cutting my lawn because I'm cutting the lawn and I'm talking to the Lord. And as I'm cutting, I do it's all routine. I can do it with my eyes closed, but I'm talking to the Lord often. And you know who probably gets the biggest kick out of that is my neighbors as they watch me cut my lawn and they see me talking. I I move my lips when I'm talking. I'll speak out. And they probably say, look, there he is. He's talking again. He's cutting the lawn and he's talking. They probably get the biggest kick out of it. And I don't care because it's great prayer time for me. I've made some decisions while I'm cutting my lawn thinking, you know what would work? And whatever. And it's just a great time for me. But where's your place? Where do you find time to really be alone with God? You know, it says he went to a desolate place. It means solitary, uninhabited. To be alone. In other words, he made sure that he would be alone. Undisturbed. It says he went to a desolate place. Tapos. Or topos is that Greek word. And it means it's any portion of a, a space that's marked off. off. in man-made speaking, you would talk about a province or a city with borders or whatever the things are. Naturally speaking, you're talking about hills and rivers and valleys. It's talking about a specific place. Where is our place? Where is your tapas? Where do you go to pray to be undisturbed? Do we have a place? We need a place. We need a place where it's, we're undisturbed, where the phone isn't with us, where the, people, the kids can't uh, interrupt you, where your wife or your workers or whatever it might be, a specific place where you cannot be disturbed. And I see the example with Jesus Christ. How desolate of a location? Well, in Mark. Chapter 1, verse 36 and 37. Let's read that. It says, And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Searched, that word searched, it means to follow, to quickly pursue in a hostile manner, as if they hunted him down. In other words, here's what probably happened. Everybody, the city's at Peter's house. Everybody's there. Oh, it's nighttime. Go to sleep, whatever. Jesus is up and he goes to pray at a desolate place. And the people were probably already gathering. And maybe that early. But Jesus was praying in these hours, in this fourth watch, from three to six in that time frame. And they woke up and they said, wow, well, the people are here. Hey, go get Jesus. They go to the room where they look and we're, he's not here. And they went searching for him but almost like hunting for someone. Like, we got to get him because all these people want him. They need him. And they search for him in a quickly pursuit in a hostile manner. Almost like, oh, where is he? Jesus, where did you go? We need you of all times. You, you know, people are going to show up in the morning and you're not here. So Peter, they, they search for him and they find him. And so after being hunted, it's strongly suggested here that it's said, everyone is looking for you. Almost as if you're looking for someone and you're like, where is he? Where? Oh, there you are. Dude, everybody's looking for you. As opposed to, um, excuse me, but everybody's looking for you right now. There's a little bit of tenseness in this situation. And I can only imagine the Lord thinking, oh, Peter. <laughs> Didn't say anything. We have nothing recorded, but he probably thought, oh, he, Peter, you know what? Um, after saying, everyone is looking for you, he probably thought, oh, there goes Peter. I know what you're going to be all about, but hey. And then we see the key in this whole situation is Jesus made sure that he would not be disturbed. In your prayer time, wherever, whenever that is, that you're not disturbed. Mornings, I say, are key. If you don't do mornings already, add them to your prayer life because it sets up your day. How to deal with people that are wronging you. How to, um, how to bless God and have joy the first thing in the morning. Show up in the office and, good morning. I mean, it might take a few cups of coffee for, you for that too. But beyond that, even before that, because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you can say, good morning. Hey, did you hear the news, man? This is going on with the election and what have you. Yeah, well, you know what? Jesus is still my king. And yeah, that's pretty bad news. But you know You have joy. To get through these things. So, to be undisturbed. Now look at this. This is the importance, and this will end here. Is the importance of this undisturbed morning because it starts off your day, prayer, time with the Lord. Mark 1, 38. And he said to them, Jesus said, let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. You see, Jesus' response was sort of like, you know what, we're done here. We're moving on. Peter and the guys are probably all thinking, what do you mean? Look at all these people in the city are all here at my house. He says, we're done here, basically. This is what Jesus is, is, is getting across, I believe. We're done here. There's others that need to be ministered to. I need to be in the Father's will. I need to be about the Father's business. I don't need to remain in a surrounding situation of comfort or maybe even accolades he needed to move on there's ministry to take place and for us we can see how this type of prayer is necessary and priceless for us to move on to go forward you see jesus had a three-year ministry to accomplish he was always about the father's business and we too have ministry The Lord has gifted us and we need to use those gifts and not get tied down and worried and bogged down about certain things when we can just put them on the plate, put them on, cast them onto the Lord in the morning and get on with our day and minister to new people instead of the same old thing and the same old thing. We too need to be available and equipped and about the Father's business, however the Lord has, whatever he has for you, but that we're not surrounded here. You see, um, we all wake up to different types of situations. You know what's important is um, Jesus is, is, is doing things ministry-wise and all the people are there surrounding him. And I'm not saying that uh, Jesus had a ministry to go forward to. He had things to be done. But here he was surrounded by people who were recognizing him and wanting his attention and getting his, his attention and what have you. And Jesus says, you know what, I'm, I'm moving on now. He wasn't going to sit there and just be, let everybody come to him. He went out. He didn't get bogged down. And so we all wake up to all kinds of different life situations, different trials. We might have anger, heartbreaks when we wake up. Uh, we might have poor health when you're waking up. You know, But even when everything's all fine and dandy, that could be more dangerous when you wake up because you feel, I'm good. I'm okay today. I'm doing well. And the prayer is this much. And you set yourself up for failure. We need the Lord's wisdom, his comfort, correction, conviction. We need the Lord's encouragement. And you know what? He has it there for us. And we need to be ready in the morning. We need to be equipped in the morning. Jesus gives us the perfect example because he was up so early. And he made specific time and got away from distractions. So that he could spend time with the Father And that he could go forward and be ready and equipped for new ministry, likewise us. This last verse I'll share with you is an encouragement. And it says in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We need his wisdom, his comfort, his strength, his guidance to be equipped to deal with the world, to deal with our daily activities. Number one, you know what you're going to deal with most likely in a day because who you have to deal with and what you're struggling with and what have you. But then there's the other part that you don't know and how important we need to be equipped and ready for the day. Amen? Praise the Lord. Listen, brothers and sisters out there, I want to encourage you to add morning prayer to your prayer life. One way or another, If it can't be done in mourning for whatever your situation, then add it in the way where it's the first thing that you do, but that it's undisturbed. You go to your own desolate place. You get away from distractions. Amen? Let's pray.